Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, and if I may add, the go, John Ronald Rule, Mr. J.R.R. Tolkien himself. But first, a word from our sponsor. Now is a great time to learn more about CMF Curo as a Catholic healthcare option for your family. You can join anytime throughout the year, plus you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your whole health, spirit, mind, and body. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Visit MyCatholicHealthcare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. So, being a hobbit. Tell me about being a hobbit. I like the idea of second breakfast. Or third. Or third. Elevensies. Mm -hmm. Elevensies. What's elevensies? I think that there's another one, right, called elevensies? Mm-hmm. So it's like breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies. Like lunch, lunch supper. Supper. So seven dinner. meals a day, yeah. is it like praying seven seven times a day? I don't even know if that's a connection to it, but. We're just. How sick it. is it that you get to eat seven, eight meals a day? You get to drink all the beer, all the ales. You get to smoke pipe, tobacco mm -hmm, all day. Mm -hmm. Dude, being a hobbit is, it's pretty cool. And the houses are really cool. Like, who are the, they never talk about the architects of the hobbit houses in in Lord of the Rings. But they're just holes in the ground. They're holes so in the it's ground. breakfast, second breakfast, 11 luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, and supper. Mm. Wait, what's it, what time is dinner and what time is supper? And Dinner might be like five-ish, and then supper is like late night, like seven or eight. Oh, okay. So like merienda and then Andale. cena. Andale. Which is like something that it doesn't exist in the U.S. Mm -mm. You know? So Mexicans dinner. are pretty much hobbits. Right? Dude, yeah. <laughs> no joke. You're welcome, Earth. <laughs> But instead of uh, afternoon tea, is cafecito con pan dulce. Uh -huh. Andale. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. Dude, we were just meant to be hobbits. Dude, Mexicans are like as tall as hobbits, so that kind of makes sense. That's, yeah. My, my mom can't have coffee without any sweets or something or la burrito or like a concha or something. Well, not a concha anymore. Uh, maybe when she was like younger. It, she says, algo para pasarme el café. My dad says, um, Someone is like, ¿Quieres café? And his automatic response is like, ¿Tendrás pan? He wants a coffee. Like, do, you have, do you have bread? Yeah. That is awesome. I'm going to use that. Can we talk about the fact that you have glitter on your face right now? I have glitter on my face? It's like, were the girls crafting today? No, I didn't know that. Might be there. They went to like um, Bath and Body because one of, one of uh, Carolina's sisters took her to Get like a belated birthday gift, and mm. I, they might put something on my There's face. There's a and certain twinkle know. in your eye right now. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna 
It's because we're talking about Tolkien. I'm just going to work yeah. with that. That's the twinkle. I'm going to work it. All right. Glittery Gustavo. <laughs> okay, no comment on that. <laughs> Fun fact, Carlos hates glitter. Like, like I mean, like with a passion. Well, glitter is, if you're a parent, yes, glitter is like one of your nemesis. Like the nemesis, because if there's glitter on something or if, God forbid, somebody buys like a tub of glitter and then that thing drops, you you might as well just move to a new house because you will never get rid of it. So I have a friend who came up with this brilliant idea that if you ever want to quit a job. Glitter quitter? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the glitter quitter. You know, and this job was just terrible to you. You hated it, this and that. You go into your boss's office with a bunch of glitter, and then you say, I quit, and then just blow it everywhere. (laughs) Take it out of your pockets. Dude. They will never forget you. There was a guy (laughs) that quit um, a job where I was working. He was my coworker, and he put, like, an Annoyatron in a a cup, styrofoam cup full of glitter, and the cup, the, the bottom of the cup was, like, glued with some string. To like one of those uh, um, overhead file cabinets that you can mm-hmm. open, yeah, they go up. Oh, my so gosh. he put it on someone else's um, cubicle, and the the annoyatron was going off like at random. And at, at some point, I just hear like this very loud, yeah, scream, scream. <laughs> and there was glitter all over her desk and chair it, i thought it was epic but also pretty cruel because of what you said that yeah you will never get rid of all of yeah, it yeah you might as well just start over in mm-hmm. another company mm-hmm. so glitter Good. yeah glitter is magic i know it is magic and it's annoying as hell yes <laughs> um quick disclaimer for this episode um my voice sounds kind of funky it's because Right now, it's allergy season in Arizona, so mm-hmm. I'm a little that congested, is. so I'm not sick. I don't have corona. I want a corona. <laughs> I just kidding. I don't want a corona. Corona's <laughs> nasty. Those psyches are bust. Just saying. <laughs> but. You should probably do a, a ranking of Mexican beers. Oh, that's a good that's idea, cool, actually. Huh? That's <laughs> yeah. a great idea. Corona's going to be the last one. Probably. Um, all right. Today, we are going to talk about... Man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan, why don't you kick it off and tell us a little bit about? Yeah, I would love to. So about your boy, yeah, my boy, my guy, um, Mr. John Ronald Rue Tolkien. So Tolkien was. I, I have a. I'm a big fan of of what Tolkien has done and what he's written and just this world that he's created. Um, so we're not really going to go like heavy into like Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit lore and things like that. We kind of just want to, you know, kick it off with the person, the person, the person. himself. Tolkien. Dude, all of the things that you put here, I didn't know any of them. Yeah, man, it's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tolkien was born on January 3rd, 1892 in South Africa. And he and his mom, he, his mom, Mabel, and his brother, Hillary, went to England to visit family. And um, when they were over there, his dad was going to meet with him in England and he died before he actually got to England. So, which that kind of sucks. And that made finances really difficult for obviously for Mabel and the boys. So Mm -hmm. 
she and the boys had to stay in England permanently. So a lot of people think that Tolkien was actually born in England, but no, he was born in South Africa, which is something I didn't know about until I actually started learning more about Tolkien. Um, when they moved to England, Tolkien, uh, Mabel Tolkien converted to Catholicism, and that was a big no-no from her Baptist family. I mean, they pretty much just completely cut her off. Mm. Can you imagine, like, you're Protestant and then, eh? Be Catholic what in England. Parents? Is this 1870? Uh, the, the Anglican Church already exists. Uh -huh. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a big no-no. So they completely cut her off financially, and she pretty much had her, you know, do everything herself. Um, Mabel Tolk Tolkien died when J when John Ronan Rule was 12 years old, and she was in about 34 years old, and she died of. It was um it's like diabetes, but insulin wasn't created yet, so she couldn't get the treatment that she needed. So So she pretty much like wasted away. Yeah. She like worked herself to death, which wow. is kind of crazy. Uh and then Tolkien himself said, My my own dear mother was a martyr indeed. And it is not to everybody that God grants so easy a way to his great gifts as he did to Hiller and myself, giving us a mother who killed herself with labor and trouble to ensure keeping the faith. Wow. So, because she converted to Catholicism and working herself to death, like she was so committed to her boys, and that they would keep her faith. That I mean, she went to great lengths. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's kind of fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. After Mabel died, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and his brother Hillary were actually entrusted to a Father Francis Xavier Morgan, who raised them. To, to be good Catholics. So they were in an orphanage, basically? I kind of? It was like a... I think it was an orphanage. I don't, I don't remember. Know. I don't know if it was like a like a, a school for boys mm. or... Like a boarding school yeah, 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 kind yeah. of thing. That, that I, don't, I don't really know. But Very cool. Yeah. Um, Tolkien always excelled in his studies and he had a creative mind since he was very, very young. I mean, he would... Always be writing down stories, creating stories, doodling different drawings, creating his own language, even when he was a little boy. Uh, and then we can see how that inspired him to, you know, create his own Elvish language and Dwarvish language. And I mean, it's, mm. it's kind of crazy. Um, when Tolkien was 16 years old, he met the love of his life, Miss Edith Mary Bratt. Uh, and then... <laughs> It's kind of funny, but Father Morgan actually prohibited them from dating because he still needed to focus on his studies and because she was Protestant. So she's oh. like, he was like, uh-uh. Good call. Y'all ain't gonna date. Which is kind of crazy. Keeping it so, real. Sounds like my father-in-law on the first part. Really? Yeah, when I asked permission to start dating Carolina a little bit more seriously, well, dating, I mean. Courting her. Courting her. Um, I went and asked for permission. And he looked me up and down. He's like, I need to finish your schooling first. And I'm like, just like dumbfounded. And then Carolina's like literally <laughs> behind me, like doing like the cut it out, dad, kind of like on the neck. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I was like, no, no. He just like starts laughing. I'm like, no, I think I want to date her now. Like, All right. But he just had to throw that jab in there. Dang, so. you're bold. <laughs> no, and I knew him. I mean, uh, our relationship was. Oh, okay. he wasn't. He wasn't like a. He was like 
very strict, but they knew me since I was like very young and I won't tell that long story, but, but he always, I mean, he has. How many use that? Nine daughters and one oh, son. La leche en el <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had he had nine daughters and and, and one son. So he yeah. Carolina has eight sisters. Mm -hmm. Dang, yeah, dude. she's the second to last of ten. Wow, mm -hmm. that's crazy. So yeah, I mean, understandably, her dad was protective of his girls. As any father would, rightly so. so. It kind of like rang the bell when yeah. I heard yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, unlike Gustavo, Tolkien actually listened to father. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We're all glad you didn't listen. What a loser, to Tolkien! <laughs> Grow what a spine, <laughs> spineless. No, he was actually very like he respected Father Morgan so much that he respected his wishes of. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any contact with her whatsoever. Um, and when he turned 21, Tolkien wrote a letter to Edith saying that he never stopped loving her. And in that letter, he asked her to marry him. Um, and she was engaged to somebody else. Ooh. I know, which is kind of crazy. Can you imagine if she got the letter, but it's all in Elvish. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> what? There's a bunch of like lines and sticks. What are you asking me? <laughs> Um, so he then traveled to see her and he spent the whole day with her. And after spending the whole day with, with Tolkien, uh, with Tolkien, she accepted his marriage proposal. Dude, how awkward is going to be for like the I other know. dude. So then after she accepted his hand in marriage, wait, is that how it is? Her hand, her hand in marriage, his hand. Um, I guess they're taking each now. other. That's true. After that, she converted to Catholicism and then. They later got got married in the church, which is just pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, Hang on, so that sounds oddly familiar with like uh, Big Fish. You know that the guy the goes, yeah, that uh, oh, the, yeah. the guy put like a field of, of daffodils. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, maybe that's where they got the inspiration uh, for that. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. I just thought about that. Sorry for the tangent. Okay, after so they get married. They got married, and then after they had married, they got married. They had kids. He wrote all the books and stories, and then Tolkien died on September second, nineteen seventy three, at the age of eighty one, mm. after having lived uh, a very good life, very full life. That's my wedding anniversary, by the way. Really, September second. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's nice. a good. It's a good, good month. month. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good month. That's my my wedding anniversary is that month as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, man, like Tolkien lived a very good full life. So he went to Oxford, right? Mm -hmm. So that's he was a, a trained linguist, and that's why he was like into creating languages. Mm -hmm. What came first, the languages or the stories? Um, that is a great question. I do not know that. Oh. I do know that, you know, he, I think he wrote The Hobbit and then he wrote The Lord of the Rings. And those books were actually released by the time he was still alive. And then he died and then the, they released The Silmarillion. I think that's how, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, But then he wrote so many other stories. There's like, dude, like he wrote so much. 
but not all of it was published. Not all no. of it. And I think they're still now finding different stuff that he wrote. Wow. So they're still yeah. compiling. Like I think his his, his son, son, right, who, Christopher. Aha. Uh-huh, who did he die pretty recently? I don't know. I don't remember if he did. Maybe not. Um, but they can still find like out. Putting everything. Yeah. There you go. But they still they're still putting everything together. But um, I don't know if the stories came first or I. I can imagine that the, as he was writing the stories, he was coming up with some of the languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty crazy, man. Like, just I know, like, how do you come up with like, okay, this is this people, they are going to talk this language, and you write a language. Yeah, it's not like big Latin, you know. <laughs> it's it's no. like, <laughs> and it's, and then he yeah. comes up with names, and then. This name means something in Elvish, but it also means this in, in or it's said like this in, in, in the Dwarvish language, or it's 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 insane, man. Mm-hmm. So he created this world that we all get to live in now. Uh, Christopher Tolkien did in fact die last year. Oh, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. That was very sad. But so question, like how were you guys introduced? to the world of Tolkien? Like, did you guys read the books? Did you watch the movies? I know a lot of people that were introduced to Tolkien through the movies, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. I, yeah. I personally was introduced through the movies. Um, I know that here in the States, I think the Lord of the Rings was part of like literature in some schools. It wasn't over there. So, I mean, I didn't grow up um, with, with the story. I, came to know it when I was in college. Um, I was hanging out with some friends and they had it for some reason. Don't ask me how. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> and they told me, have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever watched this movie? It's like, I'm like, no, what so is that? It's like, <laughs> It was from someone sitting at the movie theater. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like in Chinese or something Mandarin. I don't know, but it looked great. No, it it was very good quality, and I was like hooked immediately. Um, so it came out. Uh, I saw that like maybe like four months before Two Towers came out, mm-hmm. and I was like immediately hooked. Two Towers was like I was like there at the theater ready to to watch it and then i just like got into like you were saying about the passion on one of the episodes like the behind the scenes and the production and all of it because at that time in college i was i was getting like a like a film class mm. and i was like really into it so i was watching all the extras and all the stuff that they did and how they filmed it like consequently you know like one after another and they these guys like had like two three birthdays the actors and the staff because they just filmed for three years straight so i got really into it big time i got like the maps and people would like give me gifts about lord of the rings and so it wasn't until i saw all three movies that i bought like a book that had like all three in in one book yeah and it had the like the hand of sauron on the on the cover and and I started reading it. I mean, uh, full disclosure, I never finished it. Don't hit me, Ivan. <laughs> I I went like halfway into it because I'm 
I wasn't really like a reader. I still don't consider myself to be a heavy reader, even though I read more now than I did back then. But I just got lost in the language. And I'm such a visual person, which is why I prefer the movies. And like when Treebeard is talking about all that stuff and the different poems and all that stuff, it, it just like lingers on and on and on. And I, I was not smart enough or like um, didn't have the educated enough or the patience, yeah, to really understand the, the art behind his his amazing amazing work i do now i appreciate it so much more now so and the fact that the movies really stayed true to the book it was from what i gathered from pieces of the book i was like this is the best movie i've ever seen still in my top fives the return of the king is top five of my favorite movies that's a good segue for me um we have talked about how i've gotten late into the tolkien game um because I watched it in college. But you fixed it? I, I'm fixing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, for me, it, it was that when when I was growing up and in, in, in going to school in Mexico, it, it's um, Lord of the Rings is, or The Hobbit is it, not something that gets picked up um, in literature classes. Like you yeah. get like your, your Spanish translations of like Shakespeare and Beowulf and all these other epics mm-hmm. but um i never read for pleasure growing up yeah me either so i think that that's one of the things that i'm uh, i'm trying to change now that i'm like i'm just like reading books mm-hmm. for fun which is uh, refreshing and my dad is an avid reader i don't he know is? about yours no, oh no, yeah no. my dad is like an avid reader he would always like instill in us like gotta read you gotta read you gotta read mm. um but uh, we were just the same, you know, and then in school in Mexico, I mean, the, the, they didn't foster homework. It. Or uh-huh. You would do a book report or whatever, but they didn't yeah. foster that like love of language and literature as they do here. Yeah. Um, and you know, this, I, I have to be honest, but I'm actually like kind of a little bit put off by like some of the fanaticism around like things like Lord of the Rings or star wars or star trek that people get like really into uh all like of the cosplay things. and whatnot well like um i'm not saying that it is wrong but it, i think that it can like it's borderline idolatry because they make it their religion you know people that have like well I, you know it, it can go the, the same way and people come to my home and they see all of the religious artwork in my house and they can be like this guy's a fanatic a religious fanatic just like I can go to someone's house and see all the decor is Star Wars or Star Trek. I'm like, this guy's a fanatic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll drink my own champagne in this uh, comment. But um, there is a lot of beauty in epic novels like that. And I think that that is something that we have lost in humanity. Like, there, there, there are... And maybe I don't know, it's, but but you tell me if um something that resembles that kind of epic work um has has been produced lately, you know, save like I don't know the, the Harry Potter's or other book series, but that's more for like children. But like the themes are now seeing it through the eyes of faith, something that it is like universal, right? Um, and lifts you up. You mm-hmm. want to do great things. I think that's, that's like the key 
of um you know it it gets you it gets you going yeah nice i was actually i was i was introduced to tolkien um i read the hobbit when i was in middle school and man i was just hooked ever since um i moved on to the lord of the rings after that and i i thought i started reading them in high school and it was around the time where the first fellowship movie came out and I, I read the fellowship and then I watched it and I was like, man, this is so cool. And, you know, I've, I've had conversations with friends about, you know, the the book and then the movie and it's, you know, I, I feel like the movies are definitely like on top list of, of my favorites because they're just, they're so accurate to the book. Not entirely. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's you, very hard to take the book and make it exactly you know it would be movie. three months long oh my gosh it would be so long I mean, como la cuaresma. <laughs> for an like for example in in the first fellowship you there's know, no tom bombadil there is no tom bombadil they completely cut out that character but you know what it's fine i don't think for the rest of the books tom bombadil doesn't add anything to the story yeah to the story so i think it was fine for that and some people do make that argument like what the heck what about tom bombadil but um no there's like in, in in the movie it seems that when bilbo leaves and then gandalf goes and finds out like if that's the real ring and then he comes back it seems like it just happened really quickly well in yeah, the book it's it's, it's, it's like 50 years mm-hmm. oh really yeah. yeah it's a long time dude uh frodo and the rest of the fellowship the the, the hobbits they were like in their 50s when they left mm-hmm. oh when they left the Shire to go on on that adventure. I mean, obviously they don't age as, as right. like humans do, but they were old. Um, so that's just an example. Like you can't really take the book and make it make the movie exactly like the book. It's so hard mm-hmm. to do that. But to just like everything that Tolkien wrote, I just started reading it and man, I just started getting so into it. And the more I would read it, I would just kind of like piece you know, how, because, you know, then I found out that Tolkien was Catholic. I was like, dang. And then I started really getting into my faith. And I was like, man, I want to find all these, you know. Connections. Wait, what happened first? You find out that he's he was Catholic or your rever- reversion? Um, My reversion happened first. And then you found out and that then I found out that he was Catholic. But you liked Tolkien before. I did. I did. That's awesome. Yeah. So... So you were like, one of us. I know. I was like, yes. <laughs> I can claim Thank this. You, Lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I just like everything that he that he wrote to me, it was just like the coolest thing. And then now every year I I actually got it from AJ, who one of the hosts for Inkle Do. Oh, yeah. He he told me that he tries to read Lord of the Rings at least once a year. And then I started doing that because of him. But then it just became so much harder when I became a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have time is just. And I like to read, like uh, you know, we all actually all my siblings we all read a lot. My parents, not as much. I don't. I don't think I really remember like, you know, watching my dad read a book or my mom. But all my siblings and myself, we all read so much. But it's kind of hard now because mm-hmm. it's, it's either chase Lily or read about. Sam and Frodo. <laughs> or like sleep or read. Exactly. And yeah. I like sleep. No. But I, I also like to read. Or you fall asleep reading, which happens. So I asked Carolina to 
see all three movies when we were dating, like the extended. She didn't edition. watch him. She no, hadn't watched him. She hadn't watched him before. <laughs> it's like you knew she was the one. She, that she, exactly. On that's she when I. Him. That's when I knew that she was the one for me. <laughs> she sat through the whole thing and she liked them and enjoyed them. I'm like, all right, let's get married. It's, it's like in How I Met Your Mother that uh, Ted is trying to find out if Robin likes uh, Star Wars, um, but with Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Dude, when I was looking for a, a wedding band, mm -hmm. I wanted to do the 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 One Ring. Mine looks a little bit like that, like a, an exact replica. But Nayeli said no. I wanted no, I wanted that one as well, but because my hands get fatter depending on if it's cold or I wanted to adjust to my fatness of my fingers. But the one ring adjusts, bro. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I wanted oh, okay, the one I ring. Got it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. You know, and to show like to show off the, the little writing when at parties. It's like check this out and just throw it in the fire. Mine has a little writing, Sweet. but it's something that Deanna put in it. Yes, but does it come alive with fire though? Exactly. That's a good point. I don't think it does. Answer. Yeah, it's that's like, how I know that I'm getting fat is if my wedding ring <laughs> leaves a mark when I take it. It also, but when you put it on, you disappear. So it's like, now yeah, he's getting home. It's like, oh crap, no, I didn't wash the dishes. <laughs> put the ring on. But yeah, but then you start you like, can't see me. The, the raiders start like haunting you at that point. Oh, the ring raids? The ring raid, the raiders. <laughs> the raiders like, the raiders. Because they're so the terrible. Ring raids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going oh. against the Rams. <laughs> um, so, so there's a lot of Catholicism in the world of Tolkien, and you were like, yes, mm -hmm. I can claim this. Thank you, Lord. So you started reading about it. What did you find? About Catholicism? Dude, there's just so many things about... Like, Tolkien was a pretty awesome Catholic. He, I mean, he went to... I don't know if he went to Daily Mass. I think I read somewhere that he did go to Daily yeah. Mass. Um, but just, I mean, if I don't want to get too much into the books, I want to like save that for, mm -hmm. for like another episode. But, you know, even just, you know, with the Silmarillion, it's pretty much like the genesis of like, the creation of the whole Middle Earth. And like when you start reading the first pages of the Silmarillion, You start thinking, hmm, where have I read this before? Mm -hmm. Does it um, get created in seven days? Um, I, I I think it is seven days actually, but it's but <laughs> it's a like, copycat. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just the got the Bible and did another version of the Bible. But it's like he kind of uh explains it as you know the 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 whole creation of Varda came. It was um, made with song. With you, know, mm -hmm. you have Eru, who's like the one who's God. And then you have the Valar who joined in with their own, their own music, with their own mm. um, voices. And then you have Melkor, who's the one that, now nah, I want to do things my own. Kind of like Satan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have those themes of, of, um, of Christianity. Um, what else? Like, what else for you? Like six out when it comes to Catholicism. Um, well, the stuff that we brought up, kind of like when. They defeat Sauron. It's on March 25th. So he put that in there. Mary is like resembled a lot with many different characters within the books and the story, like Arwen. Um, you know, Aragorn, uh, kind of like priest, prophet, and king. So there's like, and then 
for me, it's just coming back to the overall approach to the battle of good and evil. Um, light versus dark, you know, virtue versus temptation and weakness. Um, so even though there's like some very um, immediate relations that, that like the March 25th, like, um, I don't know, I, I think um, Galadriel, the the lady of the forest or whatever she's called, um, gives Frodo a light, you know, to, to illumine the darkness. And that light has some really big significance to a candle mass and different things like that, that, that put it into perspective when you're reading them back to back mm. or when you're watching the movies with that kind of like mentality, you're pretty sure to pick up on more stuff. Kind of like when you watched it, that you said, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, I picked up on that. Um, and then the, what else? Maybe like the feasting, you know, the fact that it's just like for hobbits, it's such a feast, such a, such a, a way of gathering, you know, among family. Um, I don't know. It's like his stories. Um, it's about heroism too. You know, in today's in today's world, that's really missing. And the 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 heroic element, I think, really grabbed my attention. You know, to to get like the most unlikely character, um, and kind of like David versus Goliath. You know, mm. nobody ever expected Frodo to actually go and destroy the One Ring, because he was like smaller than the child in 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 height, and and it's it. He had no special talents. You know, he's like hobbits are just like, they just want to like grow their food, drink their ales and, and be merry and have fun and walk around and smoke tobacco and be in their little corner of the world with, with no real um, adventure to, to behold. Because they're good. That's their life. That's their, their corner of their world. Um. But the fact that it's like the most unlikely and the smallest of the characters of Middle Earth that destroys kind of like Sauron. I don't know. Then the eagles is another one. The eagles that come in and rescue them at the end. I think Revelation has a passage about eagles coming down. And so it's like chock loaded of different uh, Catholicism references. <laughs> There's so many people that make the argument of. Well, if the eagles could have just, why didn't the eagles just take the ring and drop it into, mm -hmm. into mortar? It'd like, be a short story. I know, yeah. That'd be like, that'd be <laughs> and then the end. eagles took the ring, put him in the okay. The, the end. end. The end. <laughs> Roll credits. Exactly. Directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that um, I've been talking to Otto about Lord of the Rings, and he had a good point. A shout out to Otto. I think I mention him every other episode. <laughs> Where, uh, where does he live? Monterrey. Monterrey. And um, he was saying that Tolkien never said that his writings were Catholic, but he said that his writings were universal. I'm like, well, that's a sly way of saying that it is Catholic. You know, <laughs> you say mm -hmm. that it's universal themes. Um, because, you know, just what you just said about Frodo is like, it, it, it takes courage and courage doesn't mean like recklessness. He was afraid of what he was to do, his mission to destroy the ring. But even though he was afraid, he kept going 
and 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 finish his mission and then he gets his reward for for running the race you know so i i think that to me that is like a, a good simile of like the a catholic life like the struggle of uh, aiming towards uh, heaven pretty much mm -hmm. and and the ring is it's a good um metaphor for power in today's world i saw somewhere like a comparison between the one ring and uh, cell phones you know oh. that when you lose your cell phone you're like where is it you start like My panting is like exactly Um, and you check it like constantly to make sure it's there and you don't want anything to scratch it or, you know. Um, so I thought it was like a good comparison. But in, in terms of like the one ring having ultimate power, but it corrupts people. That's what power does. Success, money, you know, all the vices. Um, they just corrupt but what's virtue, good, true, and beautiful. Power with virtue does not corrupt. Mm -hmm. And that's what Frodo had. Well, to an extent, because towards the end, he, he does get tempted. like yeah. a lot more tempted. But like one of the favorite scenes that I that I remember vividly from the movies is when Frodo offers the ring to Gandalf. And and Gandalf is like, don't tempt me, Frodo. Because it's like, you well, have no idea. That was good. <laughs> That's a good Gandalf. You have no idea what would happen if I take that thing. With my skill set and my powers and my abilities, I could pretty much like destroy everything right here, right now. And for Gandalf to have that like clarity of mind, right? That Boromir didn't have. Boromir was like, I just need that ring. Mm -hmm. And Gandalf was like, I know where I stand. There with, was another powerful this. being that rejected the ring. Who was it? Galadriel. Galadriel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does she say why? Um, she does. In the book it goes into detail, but in the movie they make it look kind of freaky. <laughs> and it's not like that in the book. Mm -hmm. Um it's like when she, she lights up, right? And gets like weird. Yeah, but even when she when you know when she was offered the ring, she says something as, you know, I will use this ring and I will become beautiful and everybody will see I don't know exactly the exact Thing that she mm -hmm. said, but something along the lines of she will use it for good, but even for her, like it's too powerful. Like she didn't take it because exactly like Gandalf, like mm -hmm. don't offer me this ring because yeah, I may think that I can handle it or I can use it for good, but the ring has other plans, mm -hmm. essentially. Coming back to Tolkien, I think it's just amazing that he wrote all of this, I don't know what, I even mean, 60, 70 years ago. And it's still relevant. It's still relevant. They're still mm, making movies timeless. out of it. It's just timeless. And it came out of his head. And I, I just, you know, and, I, and I'm reassured by that story being timeless 50 years from now. Because those themes are always going to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, the basic premise is like good versus evil. Hey. And, and I think it's, it's, It's just so nice to know that it's it's present and it's like always going to be here, and um, it's it's an amazing story. And the the book that I finished reading, The Secret Fire, uh, just goes into um, saying how how the story comes into us. It's kind of like how Sam got 
into what he got into, right? By eavesdropping, the <laughs> he got into the story by because of his ears. And I just love that how he he how he phrased it. The author saying, you know, the story put Sam in because he was eavesdropping through the garden, and then Gandalf sent him off to Mordor to protect Frodo. And that's how we just get the story, you know, and 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 it just engulfs you and really draws you in and it doesn't let go because i mean movies are like 20 years old now and 20 year old movies and they're still amazing yeah you know and we can see how tolkien just really showed his faith in his writing um i would have loved to be a fly on the wall and just be in in his home and just see how he like interacts with his wife and his kids and you know sharing the faith with them that would have been super awesome to see um but I, I don't know, it just brings me so much comfort that, you know, Tolkien was a man of faith and he modeled his faith his whole entire life. Um, Tolkien was de- uh, also very devout to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. There's this quote that I found that I think it was it's so cool. Uh, and I read it in the letters and then I couldn't think of it. And then, like yesterday I had to Google it and I was like, oh, okay, there it is. Um, but he says, out of darkness of my life, so much frustrated I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, and that is the blessed sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves upon earth. I'm like, dang. Yeah. Amen that to that. It's like a mic drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just so beautiful, man. Um, so, dude, there's so much goodness that can be read and can be seen. And everything that Tolkien has created, and um, I definitely don't want this to be the last Tolkien episode. It doesn't have to necessarily be about Tolkien, yeah. but maybe. Oh, there's there's so much. Most likely, to still. There's so wealth. much to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's so much. But for now, um, we would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Arvatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatus Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatuscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at www.barbatuscatholicpodcast.com where you will find the show notes for this episode and more. And go read the awesome works of J.R.R. Tolkien. And bless us, Lance Casey. Pray, pray, pray for, us. for us. Until the next time. <laughs>